Hey everyone, and welcome back to WeCast. So this does it. This is our last mayoral candidate one-on-one before primary election day on Tuesday, March 7th, 2017. Today we bring you St. Louis City Treasurer Tashara Jones as she answers the same three questions presented to the other candidates who stopped by to speak with students of the Advanced Skills Workforce Center. Again, the St. Louis Workers' Education Society is a 501c3, which means we cannot and will not be making any political endorsements. So now, here's Tashara Jones. So good afternoon everyone, I'm Tashara Jones and I am currently the treasurer of the city of St. Louis. I've been treasurer for uh, two terms now, I just got reelected to my second term. And as treasurer, I turned an office around and did a lot of things really bad um, and turned it around to do a few good things. Uh, we, uh, the treasurer is the parking supervisor, so we have upgraded all of our parking infrastructure. So the new meters that you see on downtown and Central West End, we upgraded those. Now you can pay whichever way you want to, either with uh, coins, we'll t- still take them, credit card, or we have a phone app now. So if you have a smartphone, you can download the Park Louie app. Um, also, we opened the Office of Financial Empowerment. And our mission is to help citizens make better choices with their money. I see some fake money sitting right here, some peacock bucks. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, so our, our mission is to do that. So we have a uh, classroom in room 220 in City Hall. Uh, and we invite people there for classes. We have a class schedule mostly during the lunch hour. And uh, there is such a thing as a free lunch uh, because we partner with Um, banks and credit unions and other financial institutions to, they teach the class and then they also bring in lunch for the attendees. And we started the College Kids Children's Savings Account Program, uh, which gives a college savings account to every kindergartner in a public school. And um, we are in the second year of that program. And so far we have almost 6,300 kids in that program in kindergarten and first grade. And um, the money for that program comes from residual parking funds. So every time you pay a meter, every time you pay a parking ticket, you're helping to send a kid to college. And so far, we found that through one small $50 investment, which is what we see the account with, that's the initial deposit from us, um, we're finding that those lessons are starting to translate to families. So they're coming in to get their credit checked or, or cleaned up, because we do that for free. Um, also, uh, other classes that we offer through the Office of Financial Empowerment, they're taking those and learning how to budget and uh, learning uh, financial literacy. And then also, um, there are, you know, some families have even bought their first home through this program. And we also um, put some money towards updating the North-South Metrolink study um, so we can get back in the, in the pipeline for federal funding to build a new Metrolink line, which I think that any mark, any mark of a first-class city is the transit that it offers to not only its residents, but also its visitors. So that's pretty much an overview of who I am and what I've done over the last several, uh, several years. And uh, I'm currently on the ballot for mayor, uh, and election day is coming up Tuesday in about five days, but who's counting? Um, and uh, I want to thank Tony for inviting me today. And, and would love to talk to you more about whatever your questions are. Ms. Jones, as mayor, how do you plan to implement the city of St. Louis's diversity? Implementing the diversity study, I, I, I want to go a, a step further than that. We need to look at all of our policies and procedures through a racial equity lens. Uh, and that means, uh, and that also means all of our tax dollars spent. 
So that, that looks at every department, that looks at all of our hiring practices, that looks at all of our contracting, the businesses that we're contracting with, the people we employ, um, and, and see if there are any disparities there. We know that there are disparities already uh, with the businesses that we, the businesses that the city does business with. And so personally, again, uh, in my office, I already look at who we contract with through a racial equity lens. Um, our last, we did a lot of bond re refinancings, which is, you know, just taking your existing debt and refinancing it so you can get a, a lower payment and, and, and extend the payments. Um, our last one that we closed back in December had 90% minority participation. That means all of our investment bankers, our attorneys, our underwriters, everything that was involved in that deal, almost everything that was, or almost everybody that was involved in that deal was a minority. So it's important to me. I, I have sent requests for proposals back and put them back on the street if they didn't have any minority participation. Uh, an example is um, with our, uh, so the treasurer's office has a lot of property that we manage. So we have, we're, we're a landlord as well. So we have a lot of commercial tenants. And so we were looking at a new property management company uh, to come in and help us with our tenants. And all of the proposals we received were from only white companies. And I said, no, I'm gonna send this back until you find me, because I know they exist, some uh, African-American or other minority property owners. And then we'll talk about what the what it's gonna look like going forward. So I already look at things and have already been practicing these things through a racial equity lens and knowing that it's important to have us everybody to have a seat at the table. Next question. How to expand skills-based training with unions and ongoing job placement for the black community. How do you plan to expand skills-based training with unions and ongoing jobs placement programs for the black community? So I know we also have the BUD program, right? Um, that's supposed to what, build union diversity. And I went and asked a couple people, you know, why isn't, why aren't we seeing any movement here? You know, what, what's, what's, what are the barriers? And I found out that of most of the training facilities are now on the outskirts of, of the city or not even outskirts of the county. They're in High Hill and Warrington and all other places, and we can't get there. We can, there's no public transportation to get there, um, and, and we don't have access to cars. The, pay, the, pay, uh, the, the training is unpaid. So what can we do to remove those barriers first? So we can partner with churches or you know some sort of transportation agency to, to uh, get people to the training facilities uh, and then also, I'd like to see it apprentice-based versus eight weeks unpaid training. Because you're investing your time, you should get paid for it. So I'd like to go back to the drawing board on some of those programs to make sure that we can do apprentice-based training versus eight weeks unpaid training. Because that's the only way, in my opinion, we're going to knock down the barriers. And we gotta, we got to have transportation for people to get, get to the training facility. Let me back up. Everything's on the table if I get elected. Everything's on the table and how we and how we work and how, how we what, what our processes are and how we do business. And workforce development I think is key 
Um, and, and it's one of those things that's definitely on the table to be reworked and make sure that you know we're getting the outcomes that we need. It's supposed to be there to find people employment. And if it's not finding people employment, then something is inherently wrong with the process. Um, so I, I really want to drill down, you know, maybe replace leadership, I don't know. But we have to make sure that it's there, that it's doing what it's supposed to do. Right, right. So, so let's let's you know let's like a you know like a, a trash can. Let's turn it over and let's shake everything out of it and, and let's put it all out on the table and see what what we're looking at, um, and then see what we can do to remove those barriers. Why why when people so many people come in that they're not getting employment? Because I get tons of emails from Slate every day. There you go. <laughs> I get tons of emails from Slate every day about jobs that are open. But I'm like, okay, well, how does if, if you're only sending an email to me and you know and a whole host of people, how is that information getting out in the community? So I think we need to do more with outreach um, because if we have all of these jobs and none of them are being filled, then what what is the barrier there, and what do we do to knock that down? What is your plan for minority inclusion compliance, including ex-offenders, over the next 10 years as billions is expected to come in for construction projects? One of the other things I did when I got in the office was I banned the box. Um, so I hire people based on their ability to do the job, not something that happened 20 years ago. And for me, it's personal because my father's an expert. Somebody had to give him a chance when he got out of jail uh, in order to uh, build his life back up. And, and when I say his life, that was our family. I was in my late 20s at the time, and even though you know, I'm supposed to be an adult. I still rely on my father for a lot of things, uh, you know, uh, emotional and otherwise. Um, and so there are there have been many a time when we have hired people, uh, knowing that there's something in their in their background based on their ability to do the job, not based on something that they did or didn't do, because we know how the criminal justice system is. Um, several years ago. Um, I, I know there was a front page story about a banker that I was working with who had done something 20 years ago, but he had, uh, the SEC, which is the, the uh, federal organization that gives him his license back, sought to give him his license back, so why wouldn't I trust him? Um, and as a result of using that particular investment banker, we saved the city over $5 million. So I think that was a good investment. Um, so I think that going forward, um, I want to push that forward to all city departments, uh, especially our personnel department, because um, you never know who you're passing up uh, if you don't ban the box. You, you could be passing up your, your most productive or creative employee if, if you don't give that person a second chance. Because at the end of the day, it's about do we believe that people deserve a second chance and have paid their debt to society, or we don't. Okay, that does it for us here over at WeCast. We would like to thank Alderman Boyd, French, and City Treasurer Tashara Jones for taking the time to speak with the Advanced Skills Workforce Center. And for the candidates that couldn't make it for whatever reason, we hope you do stop by sometime after the election to discuss your future plans as public servants.